This episode of Never Work Alone is brought to you by Collide, a new and better way to create deeper connections with others using shared ideas and complementary skills. Using Collide, you can connect with people who have the skills you need to make your ideas happen. For early access, sign up at www.collideapp.com. That's C-O-L-L-I-D-E-A-P-P.com. Welcome back to Never Work Alone with Evan and Chris. Hey there. We're here today with... That, that's your cue. Jason Williams. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. He's not a mute. He knows how to talk. <laughs> so Jason, uh, Jason here to uh, talk to us about freelancing with kids later on in the program mm. and how exciting and wonderful that can be, right? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it makes, it makes things interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we had a, I had a little bit of a, an interesting request come through on the pipeline uh, this week. So I wanted to, to start our program off uh, with a little discussion about unpaid gigs and why or why not to take them. So I uh, used to more frequently use this website called smartshoot.com. That's something that we can name drop because anyone can go get on smartshoot.com. Well, not anyone, but you, you can, anyone can apply to it and become a, a qualified uh, service provider on there. Um, and I, I used to use that more frequently to pick up gigs. And now that I do more word of mouth production uh, work, I don't use it as often. But I do kind of keep my eye on it. You know, it helps, I think, keep a, a feel for what's going on in the area, how many gigs are out there, um, you know, kind of a, a little idea of what's going on. Um, but this, uh, this interesting request for, uh, request for a videographer came up, um, and I wanted to discuss it. So I'm actually going to read this. This is exactly word for word what was requested on the site. This is not a paid gig. This is a sponsorship opportunity for you as a photography and videography studio to promote your business amongst a high-profile group of 50 Silicon Valley business leaders. What will you gain? You will be attending a very cool, exclusive event where speakers and experts in AI, AR, VR, robotics, and other tech areas will present and demo their products. That's Silicon Valley. Also, you will be able to promote yourself to all attendees for future highly paid gigs. Food and drinks will be served, and we will continue mingling on a gorgeous rooftop afterwards. What we need from you? Take great photos throughout the event while having fun, watching presentations, and meeting new people. Also, do video recording for all speaking sessions. Simply set up a video camera to record, and that's it. Nothing complicated. Hmm. Okay. So, I want to dissect this, Yeah, let's dissect this. Let's go through the, the the very first, out of the gate. This is not a paid gig. Well, why are you looking? <laughs> uh, r- realistically, a quick a quick overview. This is this is something that a lot of us get suckered into early on. We want to we we like we like the sound of this. It sounds interesting. Maybe that'll be something that'll be good for us. But realistically, I'd even start at the back. Nothing complicated. What we need from you to take great photos throughout the event while having fun for free. All right, doesn't sound too bad. Maybe I can have a drink or two. I'll be mingling with some, you know, hobnobbing people. Doesn't sound too bad. But then he follows it up with watching presentations and meeting new people. Also do video recording for all speaking sessions. Right. That, that to me was the thing. simplest thing in the world because, you know, speaking sessions, keyword speaking, means you're going to be videotaping somebody and also need audio. So let's see. Are they on a PA? Do you need to patch into the PA? Do you need to bring wireless labs for them? Uh, do you need to bring lighting because right. the stage might not be as well lit as the presentation going on behind them? Let's see. So how complicated could this possibly get? No, this is something that... It's yeah. complicated enough that they don't want to do it themselves. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect answer. And expensive enough that hiring somebody to do it professionally would be prohibitive, right? You know, yeah. 
that they don't want to even spend the 500 hours or whatever probably that they could get, you know, somebody that yeah. would bring a basic setup. Sure. For for the most, I, mean, I would say looking at, at this gig, what, what they're asking for at the end, what, what would you estimate it at? For me, my company would probably do if we were send like one person and really force the one man band issue, yeah. we'd probably still send it on like a Black Magic or some Mini Pro or something or Red or something like that. But And, and is it an all day event? And it is, we don't have a, we don't have a time on this. Uh, it press sounds like this is a three to four hour event, maybe depending on, on what we've read in here, but assuming, assuming it's a cocktail hour and a bunch of demos from like 6 to 10 p.m. We'll, we'll go with that. I'd still be estimating this at close to $2,500. All these presentations, plus you, of course, there's a, it, it, they didn't say if they want raw drop at the end. And that's because I'd be sending like high-end guys. And this is kind of our, our, our you know, our, our, our minimum for something like, for, especially it sounds like, what's, what did they say in here earlier? Um, promote your business amongst a high profile group of 50 Silicon Valley business leaders who can't seem to afford a photographer or videographer mm. for a basic event. Yeah. Right. I mean, right off the bat, first thing is at least they have the courtesy to put right at the top that this is not a paid gig. That was Fine. The same thing. I can just pass it right on by. Yeah. But one of the biggest warning signs for anybody who is a freelancer, especially a beginning freelancer, is this is a good opportunity for you. Right. Exposure. Run. Anytime you see something where it says this is a good opportunity for you, no, it's not. You know what the best opportunity (laughs) is? Getting getting some paid experience, probably. Well, you know, if, if you need experience and you don't have a lot of stuff on your reel, something like that, it, you would do better to hook up with a couple of friends and go do something on your own. Or you want to do a, a little documentary about something that you know you care about, get a friend, go do something. That is way better than doing something um, for someone who is obviously getting paid for free. There, there was a great chart that I saw online that was talking about free work. You know, should I do this for free? And, you know, it was a, a flow chart, you know, and it was like, yes, no, you know. And basically the bottom bottom line is, is if somebody else is getting paid for this, there is no reason in the world that you should not get paid. I have a lot of low-pay gigs occasionally that will come in almost almost pro bono, but, you know, somebody's kicking me $250 for a quick little photo Covering shoot. expenses. Sure. And I have somebody come in to help, and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll just help out. I said, no. I'm getting paid. You're getting paid. It may not be much. Here's 50 of my 250. But you're getting something because I'm getting paid. Period. Right. It's just how that works. I it think, should work. You know, <laughs> maybe some listeners probably hear you say $2,500 or something like this, and they think that's high. What I then want to encounter with is that they're not considering even the editing probably that has yeah. to go into taking all these hour long or how who knows how long the sessions are and then piecing those together. Well, I'm starting with a thousand dollar plus camera and equipment rental. Exactly. Assuming that we're right. going to have some extra stage lighting, we're going to have uh, either patching or uh, probably our own microphone down there. If I'm ballparking at an upper limit, we're miking the guy, we're doing sound. I'm sending two people, so bare minimum twenty five hundred because I got to pay those guys a decent day rate too. None of this half day crap. We already discussed that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Well, another reason I really don't like this is it's not a great opportunity for you to promote yourself because you're, you're not going to work. be able to do the you're con- the hired help. Yeah. Oh wait, that's not getting paid. Yeah, true. So, but, but also just that it, you're not being set up to put on like a really high quality thing. You know, uh, it's like the kind of work that you would be able to do if you took this would be 
bare minimum. It would be like a borrowed camera or like a low-level thing that you're just yeah. showing up with. The audio quality wouldn't be good. And anybody that sees that footage is going to be like, why would I ever want to hire this guy? Because exactly. it sounds and looks like crap. Yeah. You're, being, you're being set up to fail. Yes. Yeah. You know, so you're not you're not going to make any cash. And I, you know, I hate to be mercenary about it, but at the end of the day, everybody's got to pay bills, especially in a very expensive uh, market as we live in uh, here in, in the Silicon Valley, Bay Area, San Francisco area. Um, it's always a consideration. And, f- you know, um, just once again, I got to say, anytime somebody says it's a great opportunity for you to not get paid, it isn't. Yeah. Think about it this way. If you, the only people who might respond to this are people who either haven't done this kind of work at all and are trying to get into yes. it, or maybe have done it once or twice really, really minimally and really want to be able to add this to their their uh, their, their toolkit, if you will, um, or their, uh, their offer. And for the most part, we, I think most of us have done one of these or, or more sometimes in the beginning. And what you find when you walk away from all of these is absolutely, wow, that was worth exactly what I got paid for it. Zero dollars. <laughs> it didn't help me do anything. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, some of us hold out hope that maybe one of these types of gigs is that, yeah, because once in a great while, you will actually take one of those weird gigs and it does happen to be the thing that you, you meet the one person that then hires you for that huge gig. You hear those stories. So you know that they do happen somewhere, but it's kind of like right. hearing the actor get discovered in the Denny's. Right. Yeah, once in a great, great, great while that happens and it's an absolute fluke. The rest of the time, working in Denny's is not getting you anywhere in Hollywood and taking yeah. free gigs is not getting you anywhere freelance. Yeah, just because you're a waitress at Norm's doesn't mean you're going to be a starlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, not to mention, I think, you know, all of us probably don't like this as well because it undercuts what we do, right? If people end up going and doing this kind of free work, then the people who are getting this service then tend to undervalue it. So that's the other side of this, is that doing uh, unpaid work, especially for people who start to expect it, is that you help perpetuate that expectation Mm -hmm. and you help lower the economy for all of us. It makes it more difficult for us to peddle a higher, more decent wage. It it, it also sends the message to the person putting this out that, that it's okay mm-hmm. it's okay for you to ask for services for nothing would you ask a lawyer for that would you ask your doctor yes. for that <laughs> you know would, would you ask anybody you know i mean it's like there's that there's that great video that came out years ago that um the comparison yeah, yeah I love that. that was you know like going to your your hair cutter you know yeah. and like everybody you know well i'm gonna I'm going to do this one on spec and I'll pay you next time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, it's, it's a, it's a painful hallmark of our industry that it is people who don't value creative services for themselves, but know they have to have them, which is what we have as clients all the time are people who just can't stand the thought of having to pay you for something they think isn't valuable. Yeah. And the other part of it is that, and I've seen this, a number of times where when someone tries to bring you in and say, yeah, well, you know, you come in, you do this, and then, you, yeah, we're going to hire you for all this great work. And you know what? If it's a, a startup company, um, a production company, whatever, if it's – they're going to do one of two things usually. They're going to hire somebody else that's going to do it for no money the next time and tell them the same story. Or as soon as they get some real money – 
they're going to hire an agency. They're going to hire a big gun. Yep. They're going to step up the ladder. Exactly. You will be completely skipped over either way. Yeah. So it does you no favors. Yeah. I I had a client that we recently, we we lost and then regained, luckily, but we lost because it got purchased by a much larger company and immediately a larger company was like, no, 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 here, use our gigantic resources. And they're like, but we like this guy better. And like, here, use our gigantic resources. And they went, okay. (laughs) And it was that simple. And that was, that was paid work. But so, you know, when you're doing unpaid work, imagine how much more, how much quickly, how much more quickly that happens. Yeah. And the other part of it is that, you know, like if you're doing things, um, you know, when you start getting into like a bigger company, they're going to want more and they're going to want longer terms. That's, you Mm -hmm. know, another thing is like, it's not going to be 30 days until you get paid. Sometimes it's going to be 60 and maybe even longer. And so if you're sitting there like $10,000 in production costs, uh, yeah, ouch. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, have you taken jobs off the site before? Yeah. Uh, Oh, I think three or four total in like three or four years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not something I, I, I tried to spend more time bidding on them. Uh, you get a lot of jobs. Not like this on there. Uh, this is a fr- literally the first time I've ever seen somebody post a non-paid gig on that site. Mm-hmm. Smart Shoot, uh, as opposed to other ones like perhaps Thumbtack is another one that I used to moonlight on when it first came out. Because when it first came out, you could actually get gigs on it, and then it just became kind of a cluster F. A lot of noise. Yeah, a lot of noise. A lot of, it was like, oh, wait, I don't have to be qualified to be on this? Then I'll be on this. And so, you know, there's hundreds of photographers in a five-mile radius. You're like, never mind. But... Um, yeah, but SmartShoot qualifies. They vet every single person they allow on there. They don't just take everyone all the time. So it's actually for uh, for for people looking for clients, uh, and they also vet clients' projects. Although these type of they opened up a couple of years ago this new version where they don't vet the clients, and that's where stuff like this starts popping up. But you get stuff ranging from five hundred dollars to ten thousand dollars on there, and I've. Uh, I actually am not 100% sure. I know one of our larger clients actually came from there. Um, somebody that we that now hires us three or four times a year for you know four or five thousand dollars or something like that. Um, and that was because they found us through there like one time, and that was more the value of that site for us is making a connection with somebody that hopefully becomes more long term. We got a video with a large Fortune 50 on there at one point, um, but it was kind of through their their R and D department, and uh, it, it just it it. it really didn't work out so well. We They ended up having us hire a bunch of people. They didn't have much of a budget. They ended up having us hire a bunch of people around the country, which is funny because I then went right back onto SmartShoot to hire people around the country. And that was the first <laughs> time that I'd had a... It, it, the reason I keep an eye on this, uh, I was talking earlier about keeping an eye on this site, is that experience gave me a real insight into what kind of quality you can expect from around the country. Because the people that respond to, like, I need a videographer in San Francisco, I got a litany of real high-end stuff. And the people that responded in, like, Austin and Ohio was like, whoa. (laughs) The top seller here is me five or six years ago. Ooh, that's bad. Um you know, the, the quality level, it was just, it just wasn't there around the country. And it was funny because a lot of these people had great looking demo reels and then, or had a, a, a piece of a good looking demo reel. And then you'd talk to them about what they were using, what they wanted to do. And the guys from the Fortune 50 company out in Ohio were the worst ones out of everybody using the worst equipment. And it was the worst production value, the crappiest audio. It was just like, you're the expensive, co- what, what is going on out in the Midwest? Quality suffers simply, again, that also goes back to people who don't value 
what we do and value the creativity and value the, the various uh, the effort and labor that goes into doing what we do. There's a lot more of that, I think, the farther into the Midwest that you go sometimes because there's not a need to necessarily, where there isn't the same culture, that this digital culture that we have cultivated out here in California in our little bubble, or New York in your very high-tech bubble. You know, You're one of the few options around for 500 miles. Yeah. Before we jump off of this uh, job listing, did, did you feel like any sort of desire to contact this guy and sort of give him a piece of your mind at Absolutely all? not. There's no point in doing it. That, that's like going after trolls. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You, you, you know, you can play whack-a-mole with that all day long. Yeah. And it's, it's just educating. a waste of time. Yeah. And, I mean, mm-hmm. th- this kind of a thing, it sounds like this, this site is quite reputable. Yeah. But this listing sounds more like what you see sometimes on the C-list, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? Something I which, think we all which, get off of in the first six months. And, I, and I've I've taken gigs on there in the past, and it was like, you know, okay. Because, you know, when I moved back out here um, from New York, you know, it was like, okay. Starting over. Right? Got, yeah, exactly. It was like, uh, I don't have a lot of connections right now, and well, let's just see what happens. Well, I think that's a good segue into sort of, your story. You so, yeah. To? How about you uh, yeah, start with um, uh, your intro into freelancing? Into me. Well, into you. Um, <laughs> so, we'll try and make this as brief as possible. So, I... I, I was born and I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm just going to start quoting the jerk, but I can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went to film school at uh, San Francisco State University. Um, after that, I, uh, I went and visited uh, my best friend down in L.A. because he was, you know, he was a year older than me, graduated a year before, and, you know, saw, like, what a bunch of people that I knew that had done that and moved down there and saw that whole thing, and it was like, no, I don't want to do that. And, uh, you know, granted, that, that was... Uh, um, going to date myself here. So that was that was back in uh, 1993, 94. Um, you know, so it was kind of like, you know what, I don't want to do that. So I did other things um, until uh, I went back to school when I was living in New York. I went back to NYU and kind of brushed up on editing skills because, you know, last thing I edited uh, before going back to school in uh, 2001 was 16 millimeter, you know, so that was a long time ago, you know, so it was, it was great, you know, went back to it um, and, you know, got introduced to Final Cut Pro and, you know, like, of course, I'd always, already heard about Avid and, uh, you know, so learned some of that too. Um, started off um, taking care of uh, video content for uh, a production company that I was working for uh, in New York um, that mainly did fashion shows and events. It's pretty big out there, right? Well, yeah, because there's, you know, there's something happening every week, and then Fashion Week was, a you know, twice a year. Now it's four times a year. Jeez. Um, because they started doing uh, men's. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, Real quick, I wanted to ask about NYU. Was that a master's program you were in? No, 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 no. I, I, I actually went to the uh, School of Continuing and Professional Studies. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, because I, I, I thought about going back to for a master's degree, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to walk out of here with 90 grand in debt. <laughs> sure. You know, which, you know, 
NYU is worth it, but I didn't really want to do that, you know. Um, so I started off freelancing there um, because I'd, I'd been doing the video content for the company that I was working for. And the first freelance job that I ever got was a designer that we worked with, you know, who decided he, he needed a video to tell his story. He delivered unto me a box of VHS super long play tapes of him on TV. So it was all these clips of him being a guest on uh, talk shows and news stories about him, you know, people talking about him, you know, because he, he, had, he had some notoriety at that time. He was, he was always a kind of lower down the food chain kind of designer, you know, but he, he did a certain thing that people loved. And so he wanted me to tell his story <laughs> through, through the medium of VHS tapes, which was great. You know, so anyways, that was the first freelance gig I ever had. And I had to turn all this into something. And I was actually like, wow, okay, that actually worked out, you know. So did you have your own editing system at your home, or did you use NYU's? Uh, no, I, I, I actually, um, I, at the, the company that I was working for at the time, you know, my, my boss was like, yeah, you know, go for it, you know. Because I had my own computer, you know, because I was using that to edit stuff there. Um, but, you know, that's, that's how that started. That okay. was the first one. And it was like, oh. Um, and, you know, and that brought me to where I am today. So anyway, so that, that was a long time ago. Um, and we've seen a lot of uh, changes. But, you know, I've been everything from uh, the ridiculous C-list ads, um, as we were talking about earlier, to people giving me boxes of VHS tapes, to, um, you know, large... Uh, corporations and uh, television conglomerates um, <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, so you were freelancing in New York. Yeah. What brought you back to the Bay Area? Um, when my first daughter was born, my, my ex-wife um, had told me m since the beginning of our relationship that when we had kids, we were going to have to move back to California because she wanted to be near family. Okay. You know, and, uh, you know, over the course of time, that just was her mantra. The time came, um, and I, at that point, I was, I was, um, I had a sort of very tenuous staff position at a production company there that was run by a sociopath and an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. um, so that was fun, uh, which I had to leave because of that. Um, not exactly the most stable place to work with sociopaths yeah. and alcoholics. Yeah. And so I was looking for a job, um, you know, p picking up freelance gigs. That uh, ended up going to London to work on a fashion show thing, um, like, the week after my daughter was born. And, uh, you know, when I came back, I was like, you know, because I was talking to people and there was some interest in some things. It was like, you know what? If I get one of these jobs that I'm going to, it's going to be a good one, and I will not leave New York. So if you want to go, now's the time. That's what brought me back to California. Right. And, 
you know, had to kind of start rebuilding connections. Um, First thing I did was, you know, look for production companies and trying to find uh, heads of post-production at agencies and whatnot, sending them demo reels and whatnot. Um, You know, ended up building the edit suite for one of these agencies, um, working at a couple of others, you know, freelance. And then I landed a full-time job at a uh, studio in, in Mountain View. That shall remain nameless. Um, and you know, was on staff there for eh, almost three years, and then let's just say there was a change, and uh, went back to freelancing. And I've been doing that uh, ever since. Right. So when you first moved back here, were you sort of looking in that fashion world? Because I imagine that's kind of what your reel was made up of at that point. Yeah, it was kind of a mix because I'd, I'd done mostly, I'd done a lot of, you know, fashion-related stuff. Um, I still have I've done, like, a ton of that, um, you know. But, it, you know, most of the fashion stuff, is it's it's not, uh, a lot of it's been runway. So it's not anything that I'm going to show to anybody to get me a gig because it's really, it's a, it's a process. Okay. You know, there, there's... Um, I forget who said it, but uh, someone said they're, they're, mm, I was talking about the dangers of becoming good at something that you don't enjoy. Right. And it was like I became very good at that and got a lot of clients, which I'm very thankful for. But it was like it. I realized after doing it for a while that it was like this is never going to bring me closer to doing short films for these companies or more interesting projects because I'm the one that does this specific purpose for them. Totally. It's like and a that, typecasting. And that's all they want. Are. You know, so you're you're the bruiser with the broken nose, you know, that walks in and says, where's John? That's all they want. So. Um, Good analogy. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Um, so the, the, you when you said the reel, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when you um, were sending out your reel to those post-production heads, did, would, did you get any traction yeah. on that? Yeah, yeah. I got. I mean, I got a number of gigs um, and uh, developed a couple of really good relationships. You know, which when I went to working full time. I'd let drop. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. so that then after I went back to freelancing, I had to rebuild all over again. You so know? Let's, let's discuss that a little bit. It sounds like you got comfortable in the salaried position or the... Uh, I don't know if I would say comfortable because okay. um, it was uh, a difficult environment. Okay. Um, no, there's a strange thing. It's like uh, maybe not comfortable is not the right term, but yeah. um, comfortable in knowledge that you had a paycheck coming. Right. So maybe let the relationships drop. Right. And you know, I did continue doing some freelance work during that time, but it was mostly the connections that I had through in, through New York. Okay. You know, um, but. You know, the, the, did the you maybe take that job too quickly before you could had a chance to solidly establish that network? Probably, but you know, I also had a lot of um, pressure. You know, as being a new father, um, you know, newly transported, and had to just like, okay, this is 
what I need to do, you know? And, and the person that hired me was great. He's, he's why I went there. All the people that I worked with were great. The owner of the place was not so great. And I, I've, over the course of my entire life, I've run into that a number of times where it's like, you know, the company's great, the people you work with are great. Oh, that guy that signs the checks, he's crazy. So, that's always fun. I can't wait till people say that about me. <laughs> I wanted to ask, if <laughs> to go back to that, you know, reaching out, kind of cold calling these, you know, post producers at agencies, if you could look back and think, that's what I did right, you know, in, in those messages. Is there anything that you remember that you did or that you would advise people to do in that? You know, uh, just be professional. Have a reel that, you know, is your material that, you know, because that's one of the things I've heard of a lot of people doing. Um, <laughs> is faking their reels. That's a, yes, I think that's exactly. another conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing, it, being a freelancer, is you're, you're walking into someone else's house and you're there to provide solutions. You need to walk in the door and help them. You need to be an asset, not a liability. I mean, I've, I've unfortunately, I've seen other freelancers walk into a place and literally end up in tears because something wasn't going right. You know, um, their special key command settings were loading on the machine. And it was like, oh my God, you know, you poor devil, but you did it to yourself. You know, it was like, because they couldn't operate without that. That was their, you know, their... Their crutch? Yeah, there you go. I, I was looking for a better word, but then, you know, let's just call it that. You know, so, you know, all the way across, it's it's like, you know, be a resource, be a solution, um, you know, and you have to, like, really represent. Adaptable. I like this idea that you're going <laughs> into their house, you know. You don't take yeah. off your shoes right away, you know. You keep yeah. your coat on the hanger and you, you make sure that you're keeping track of everything. And yes. you're not throwing stuff around. You're yes. very organized. Yes. Yeah. That That's, you know base level, you know, the talent and the kind of quality work that you create is all on top of that professional layer, probably. Because, you know, even even when someone is staffed someplace, sometimes that's kind of frowned upon. So, you know, if you're a freelancer and you walk in the door and suddenly you're like changing this and changing that, and you're doing, you, well, I'm used to doing it this way. That And that's, that's what I mean with adaptable. That's an incredibly important asset or aspect of being a professional freelancer. You are there to adapt to them. You aren't going to, especially as an editor, you're not going to run around editing what you want the way you want it. Absolutely not. You are nope. editing it the way they want it. And that's one of you know, those things we always put, like how many rounds of review you get in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you, they, they, may, they may want it a very specific way and you got to be careful about stuff like that too. But um, yeah, you're, you're there to adapt to their house. You see, you're walking into their house and you don't get to change into yours. Sometimes you get there's a rare opportunity to mold a little bit of their space to you. Yeah, I mean, there, and there are times looking, where, but yeah, there are times where you walk in and somebody's like, hey, if you can think of a better way for us to be doing things, because this is really kind of a hodgepodge, yeah. please tell us, you know, and that's, that's like, great. And then it's like, yeah, just very respectfully, you know, say, well, hey, I, well, I have some ideas. Here's some things that I've seen that have worked. 
We had a we had a great shoot for small business, uh, sort of a startup uh, flower delivery, and they wanted us to you know they had they had a vision, they had a visual and a look generally created for their brand and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But when it came came to video, while she was very the the client was very insistent sometimes or very uh, quick to put her her two cents in. She was also very quick to say, "Well, I mean, you're the expert, and that's what we're paying you for. So if you if you want to tell me to shut up, just tell me to shut up," kind of thing. Which is is nice to hear. Is a lot of clients aren't that way, and it was you know we've definitely she and I have definitely clashed. We've we've argued back and forth and gotten kind of heated about stuff, but all to develop. A much better look and feel, or or cleaner product for her, and it always results in a better product when we both chime in. And there's been things that she's been like, "Yeah, no, let's go ahead and do th- do it this way." And we, you know, okay, fine, actually, we'll do it that way. And hey, you know, it's easier for me anyway, and it's working out better for you. So, having being able to have uh, being able to be flexible to fit in with whatever the working environment that your client wants to provide. Because some of them are going to be flexible like that. They're going to work with you. Some of them are going to be very, very top down. Nope, you just do what I tell you. Yes. Almost like you're an employee. Yes. Which sometimes we, you know, there, there are people that could go, you know, I've, I've heard go to court over things like that. You know, we're freelancers. There's definitely going to be opportunities for you to feel like an employee sometimes from that very directed client. They just have a very specific vision. And then there's clients that have absolutely no clue and don't care. And are like, just make us something pretty. And that's, that's, I mean, I can name job this one. That's the Boy Scouts to me on a regular basis. They're kind of like, look, we don't do video. You do video. Go make us look cool. Right. right. Okay. So on that note, I want to ask both you guys. I mean, have you ever got caught in a do I look fat in these jeans moment with that where it's like they, they're giving you this opportunity to provide feedback, but you're, you're sort of wondering, like, how honest mm. can I be or should I be in this circumstance? Because you, you're not sure of their ego, you know? Have, have you guys had an experience like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would, well, here, I would say, briefly, I have that experience r- all the time. It's not like a one-time <laughs> thing. I, yeah. I frequently run it's into clients. I mean, I, I, the more I've, I've gotten older and the, and the more experienced I get, the more I don't care. Realistically, it's just, and, and people all have, st- and, you know, crew be like, geez, Chris, it's a little harsh. Be like, it's a video. We're trying to get a specific look here. That I, what's the point of pussyfooting around and, and being like, oh, um, uh, just wanted to, yeah, I'm not sure if you knew that, uh, the, maybe we should do your hair a little bit. No, hey, get over there and fix it. Oh my God, she's got a big brown thing on her butt. No, turn around, turn around. We're going we're gonna to do that differently. We're not going to say that the side of you looks terrible. If, if somebody doesn't want to hear what you have to say about helping them look good, you probably don't want to be doing that job. Hmm. I, I had to ask what color, because uh, I'm colorblind, so I'm doing a video by myself for, for a client, and I had I asked, oh, what color is your slip? Because the dress is kind of see-through, and she's wearing like a red dress, and I thought for sure that the, that the slip was like green or something like that, something very clashy that it made oh, me wow. It was one of those, like, they were doing multiple outfit changes, but ah, I forgot to bring a slip, so I just threw this one underneath, and I went, what color is your slip? And the client goes, huh, Christopher, that's inappropriate. And I went, excuse me? I'm trying to determine color range right here. She's got it underneath a see-through dress, and I need to know whether or not I need to have her adjust that for the camera because I can't tell those two colors. And this whole explanation, it was kind of like, oh, well, it still seems kind of inappropriate. I'm like, you know what? Don't care. Let's move on. <laughs> well, and another thing is, you know, I mean, it's like I've, I've heard tale of, you know, someone shooting something where it, let's just say that it made uh, someone not look very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and not saying anything. Yeah. You know, just like, eh, you know, not my problem. I'm just here to shoot this. Yeah. You know. <laughs> like, well, like, well, wait a minute. That is your job. Operating camera is one of the jobs that you do. 
Yeah. But being a DP, and that, I mean, that's sometimes I think when you're a freelancer, you've got well, to realize, are you being a, hired as a camera op? Are you being hired as the full yeah. DP? Is someone else supposed to be looking over your shoulder? And even if they aren't, maybe take a moment to look over your own shoulder. Yeah. But I mean, it's like if, you know, something is, you know, shall we say embarrassing, you've got to, you know, yeah. uh, you got you to gotta say something. You can't get halfway through the presentation. <clears throat> this might be an example uh, from real life. And then say, oh, you know, I don't think we're getting good audio. Well, we've been recording for an hour and a half. So, what did you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you can't. F- our our world. You can't go back most of the time, especially in the corporate world. We're not talking about on set all day, and you, you oh, got to wow. go to you got to add another set day. It, we're talking about presentations that won't be given again tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, in the corporate world, I mean, especially if it's you know a CEO or a VP or something like that. I mean, they're the rock star. They're the you know the movie star of their world. And a lot of times those people, they have like 20 minutes to mm-hmm. do something and they want to walk in, do it, and walk out. They, they don't want yeah. anything else. You're there four hours ahead of time in case they show up two hours early. Exactly. And you're also, I've had to explain this to my interns repeatedly that, you know, I actually just had to explain it to the people. So um, I got free interns because they're being paid by Strive San Jose instead of me, which is fantastic. They're under their insurance and all sorts of great things. Um, so I've been using them for a few weeks and, you know, having them PA and all sorts of stuff and help out. You know, it really, it's been a good experience for them. But one of the things that we've been uh, trying to express to them is that this is a hurry up and wait game. When we're shooting, uh, you know, I talked to their 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 boss essentially, um, or their supervisor, because I turned in time cards that said ten hours each day, and then breaks. It was just varied, and the boss was like, "What are you talking about? I, I need an actual time in and out." And I said, "We we're on film set, so it was yeah. shoot this thing for an hour, then we're waiting for about an hour and a half for the next setup, and then we're gonna go shoot this for like thirty minutes, and then we have another like hour long break, and this and th- this is why in my industry we do day rates because I can't." You know, it would be ridiculous to be like, well, you only get three hours of pay today because you technically did three hours of work and you waited around for like four and a half. <laughs> like, that's nice. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, th- there's, uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, it'd be like if you only got paid while you're actually touching the keyboard <laughs> in editing yeah. as opposed to, I mean, it's like I remember, you know, back when I started, I, you know, and I used to smoke. And part of the reason why I smoked. So you take breaks? Well, this is this is a cop out. No. <laughs> rationalization but like you know you got to render oh great let's go have a cigarette you know because it used to take that long it was like you know you go oh, have I at have least a cigarette and maybe 4K. two okay yeah. yeah i can do the same <laughs> yeah 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 um so let's let's uh backtrack or not backtrack let's get back to uh kids so you moved out here you took a job for three right. years and you'd had kids you, you left this job at this point had you and your wife split up after the three years um yeah but by, by the time that i went back to freelancing okay. you know and the, the you know the long and the short of it with you know having a family you know and whatnot is it's a wonderful horrible thing to be freelance because you do get extra time, you know, you do get different hours, you know, I mean, they're, you know, I, I just was able to spend like, you know, four days with my kids, like up at, in, you know, Mendocino County with my mom's, you know, it was great. Awesome. You know, uh, but then there are other times where it's, you know, like right now I'm booked solid for two weeks and it's like, oh, geez, you know, well, you know, luckily it's working out, but I mean, you know, when, when you're freelance, when the work comes, you got to take it. I mean, the analogy. Yeah, there's a birthday in those two weeks. You might. Yeah. Be trying to juggle. I mean, I, luckily I've never had that, but I, I've I've had it come close where there was been really close to like a job 
you know, right when my kid's birthday is. And it's like, oh, no. You know, and it's like, ooh, that's not good. I'm sending a guy out to Austin, Texas in a couple of weeks for three weeks. If his anniversary was in those three weeks, unless he wants to pay to fly his wife out and hang out in Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, your your daughters, are, they're old enough now, I'm sure, to kind of understand yeah. your job situation. Is, is yeah. that a tough thing to sort of try to explain? Um, it's not because it's, that's it, kind of like what they've kind of grown up with. And also, you know, their, their mother is freelance as well. Okay. You know? So, I mean, so you're, so you're both freelance, you, you know, was it both before and after? Uh, it's kind of a mix. Okay. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I mean, it's like they kind of, they kind of get that, you know, I and, mean, and they're, <laughs> they're smart. If I don't <laughs> brag about my children, <laughs> you know, so they, they understand and they like get it. Well, uh, yeah, my next question that I'm thinking as a freelancer can sometimes be stressful when you're, you know, in between jobs or whatever. Is right. That, or that like when you hit those periods where it's like, oh, wow, I just, you know, like there was a period where um, I had three jobs get canceled and it mm. was right in that slow, you know, end of the year period. And it was like, oh, crap. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and then, right, do you, you start to, like, get really conscious about how you're spending that money, you know? Does oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, like, working freelance, it's like, you always got to kind of have an eye on that because... Well, yeah, well, and let me ask you this and, and push it this this direction because I wanted to... You sounds like you were both became single parents, essentially, at that point. Yeah. And so freelancing as a single parent, um, let's discuss... The dynamics. I mean, uh, it, obviously, I, I'm, I'm a single male in my mid-30s, no kids, no divorces, <laughs> no, no girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have no responsibility <laughs> whatsoever, uh, and it suits me really well, and I fear the idea of... You can do whatever you want, whatever you want. Exactly, and I fear the idea of losing any of that, which I know I will have to... There's trade-offs in this life for everything, but... Um, yeah, how, how did how did that work? How did I mean the did, did you guys come up with schedules to pass them back and forth? I mean, yeah, and you know, some sometimes it's hard. You know, sometimes it just requires some understanding. Sometimes it's like I'm really sorry, I can't do this because this is a really good client, and if I don't take this one, they're gonna you know call somebody else. You know, which was I think we've even touched on before. You yeah. you don't you take you don't take the gig once. It's exactly. uh, pretty high. Ex- or percent of chance you're not getting that gig again. Yeah, yeah, and, you know. And People call the last person. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like they'll, the, you know, they will keep calling you. Was there an understanding from her because she was also a freelancer? I mean, was there at least a little more? A little bit, a little yeah. bit, you know. But, you know, there's also, I mean, it, you know, not to get into, like, there's personal dynamics. Sure, and, you yeah. know, sometimes. Every, and everyone's personal dynamics as a single parent, uh, as a freelancer, are going to be different. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, I mean, the, you know, the, the other part of it is that there, there have been times when um, I've got my daughters and we're about to go do something and I get a, like, screaming hair on fire, like, oh, my God, there's this thing. We got to change it, you know. I need it now on something that I'd finished the day before. And it's like, well, luckily I'm still at home. You know, I was just about to walk out the door and it's like, girls, I'm really sorry, but yeah, I got to take 45 minutes and do this. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's like, what are you going to do? Did you bring in maybe friends or relatives to help mitigate that? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's always a part of it. I mean, you know, the, the, you know, family, friends, you know, um, it's it's a huge help, you know. But I mean, there are times where it's like, you know, you just, you just have to like sit down with them and say like, hey, I'm really sorry. Can you guys just like chill out and read a book, you know, for an hour? Because uh, I have to do this. I'm really sorry. I know it's boring for you guys. Dun, dun, dun. Was there any ability to? I mean, you're mostly an editor, so I don't. Met, did you do a lot of uh, a lot of location work, DIT stuff? I've done some of it, you know, um, but not a lot of opportunity to bring the girls along with. No, no. Um, I mean, when I had, when I had a full time job, I, I, I brought them, or it was just you know my oldest daughter at that point, but um, yeah, brought her down. Um, you know, but they've they've seen some of like what I so I mean, it's, they they get it, you know, they they understand, um, and yeah, I, I wanted to pivot a little bit and ask, uh, just say, you know, for me, the one thing I admire about you is your your sense of style. I, I know that <laughs> well, as segue as, as editors, um, you know, the the dressing up is usually something that is not usually considered. I know for most people it's like, ah, you know, I'm sitting in a room, it doesn't really matter what I look like. But I know you, I, I tend to see you in a, a suit coat jacket, you always look really well put together. And I, I don't know if that's just necessarily a personal thing or if that's something that you've developed, you think that helps you in your career at all? Uh, it's definitely a personal thing, but, um, you know, people judge books by their cover. And... I just, that's just what I choose. That's, you know, the story I choose to tell by doing that. Um, and also, you know, one of the one of the producers that I worked with back in New York, you know, um, she was like, you know, editors have to be like the quote-unquote sweethearts of our industry because, you know, it's like you sit in a room with them in the dark and you spend a lot of time with them, like going back and forth, hashing over things, you know? So it's like, you gotta be personable. You gotta be okay to be around them. And it's like, if you're a schlubby, smelly guy, nobody's gonna wanna sit in a room with you figuring out how to do something, you know? I mean, I, I, my first business partner- a lot partner, of truth in that. Yeah. yeah. My first business partner frequently went, I think days without, you know, bathing or leaving his apartment and which, which, if you're working on a personal project, that's your own, fine. But, <laughs> but at, at the time, I didn't do editing or camera work or any of those things. So I wasn't the tech guy. I was the producer. I was the director, and I was a writer. So I would come over on a regular basis. And as time went on, things seemed to get worse and worse for him. There's a, a lot of reasons we he and I devolved. Uh, we fell apart as friends, and then fell apart as a business as well. Um, and it got worse and worse. And it was one of those things where I'd go over there and just be like, <clears throat> "I'm just going to drop something off, and you can." Uh, email me a copy or something, you know, or whatever. It was just, I don't, I don't want to sit next to you and edit anymore. I, I can't, I can't be in your freaking room anymore. And you can't, Ouch. you can't behave that way. Yeah. Um, it, well, it's easy. It's easy to get trapped in this business as an editor, as a freelancer. It's very easy to get caught up in, you know, you get to do whatever you want, as I said earlier. Right. Uh, I, have, I have no responsibility to anybody and neither did he at the time. We were both mostly single. I, he, we actually broke apart as friends largely over a girl, but, um, <laughs> Most of, most of the time we were fairly perpetually single, and he behaved, I feel, even more childlike than me sometimes and, <laughs> you know, would drink excessively all the time because he could. Right. Because why not start have, cracking beers at 2 p.m. when you don't yep. got nothing to do? Yeah, there was a guy I knew in, in New York that 
kind of the same thing. So, like, he's a great guy. Great, you know, he made these really cool little, like, films of his own. And he was a great editor, and he got me into a couple of great gigs. And it was just, like, go to his place, and it'd be like, dude, when was the last time you cleaned this place? Yeah, and, vacuumed. You know, and he'd be like, eh, you know, want a beer? And it's, it's 10 a.m., man. Yeah. yeah. It's like, but, but, you know, I'm freelance, whatever. You know, it's like, no, no, no. You're, no. Oi. <laughs> I mean, I think we all we all kind of have those those journeys, right? I think you know when you first start out that freedom, it's it's really hard to have that discipline. You know, it's something you probably have to learn the I hard way a lot of times. Yeah. We, you lose a job because you weren't sober enough to answer the call, or you just couldn't get make it there in time the next day. You know, I think there's a lot of people that figure that out. The I wrong had way. to excuse away my partner's massive hangover to a client on location in New York one day by saying, we're, we're just going to be getting outside shots of the buildings today. So you mm. may, you may, may not see us, but you know, we'll, we'll be, we'll be there. Say, okay, great. But cause they, they weren't too involved, but it was kind of a, are, are you serious? You are too hungover to work today. Yeah. There's only two of us and we're only here for five days. <laughs> well, as I mentioned, uh, this one production company there did some work for, for a while that was run by a sociopath and an alcoholic. And um, long story short, um, during a business meeting that I and someone else and one of the producers were having with a potential client about a really cool documentary, well, the alcoholic showed up at the meeting. The sociopath was supposed to keep him away. Uh, he ended up throwing up on himself. Oh boy! Oof. During the meeting. Oof. So watch out for the sociopaths and the alcoholics. I, I did throw up on myself at a meeting <laughs> once, being a little too hungover. <laughs> Luckily, the client was my father, <laughs> and he God. forgave me. And it was yeah, it, it was so out of the blue. It was <laughs> I, it was you know already two p.m. I had just yeah I feel a little funky all day. Feeling. <laughs> Yeah, oh, my God, I just did that. Yeah. <laughs> this was a lawyer representative for uh, the head of a biker gang. Oh. Yeah. So he was actually pretty cool about it, but, you know. Still not a good look. Look, yeah. yeah. Well, I think this, this kind of ties into how, well, you know, the name of our show, Never Work Alone, I think, you know, is trying to emphasize how important it is to have a strong network of people. And yeah. it's like even if you can put on a good face for your producer or your boss when you go in, you have to carry that through to the, your peers, you know, because those are the people that can help recommend you. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, you, you really want to make sure that they don't, you know, once you get in reputation as, as a user or an abuser or anything like this, yeah. that can follow you in ways that you may not oh, yeah. fully understand. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are, there are remnants of that running around. around. Uh, for me, I, I used to smoke a lot of pot in the studio very openly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm still, I still, you know, use... Uh, Pot, I guess. I'll, I don't know what to call it. It use sounds terrible, but you know, like yeah, I use, like I use alcohol, but you know, I, I do, you know, I do partake, but not the way it used to be. Just kind of like bong on the table, enjoy at the studio, right. which is something you have to grow out of. I think you know a lot of recording studios go through that. Even the, some of the more professional ones, you walk into a cloud of blunt smoke on a regular basis just because of the clientele, and they they get fed up with trying to abate it, and so they just give up after a while. And you know, I know a, a friend. I, 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 
sort of a rival studio. It's just, I mean, we're, we're we're all rivals, but we're all we're all kind of in this together. They do they're more of a recording studio than us, so not exactly what I'd call a rival. But you know, they, they'd rented us a couple of times before they uh, opened their own space, and that was one of the things we discussed with them. Uh, you know, a couple of times about the they've been trying to kind of clean that aspect of of their studio out a little bit. You know, it's a very very well appointed studio, but again, most of their clientele is this kind of heavy rap game and a lot of recording artists, and they, yeah. they want to smoke in the booth. <laughs> you know, and that's just something that. You know, they've always had to wait. <laughs> what's yeah. worth more is the clientele to them. And again, as they're moving forward now, it seems like that's something they're cutting more and more off these days and, you know, trying to clean it up. I, you, you mentioned when I came in, when you first came in, oh, well, looking very uh, uh, official today or something like that. And as I, have, I went on a shopping spree about a month and a half ago at Joseph A. Bank because I just got fed up of wearing T-shirt and jeans to, to work every day. And I realized I needed to start presenting myself a lot better. So I've been wearing collared button-down shirts nice uh, Steve Madden shoes and, and you know, uh, what it's what I'd call business casual uh, attire for Silicon Valley, either slacks or yeah. these jeans I've got, uh, kind of, you know, a couple of nice pairs of jeans. And yeah. it makes me feel better. And, and That's a big part of yeah. it. Yeah. It's men, you know, the mental space that it puts you in. Because, you know, if you're, like, rolling out of bed and you're wearing, like, you know, cargo pants and... Uh, three-day-old t-shirt and you got some old flip-flops on you know it's like yeah you may be comfortable but you know that's about where my mind is you're when not I'm instilling confidence right i don't have the energy and the passion in my own self when i'm when i'm feeling like gee i could just be i could walk out back and sit in the pool and grab margarita right now and that's the way i feel i don't i'm not, i don't want to edit right now if i if i take the time to shower go for a run with the, or do, go for a run with the dogs then shower <laughs> um you know pu- you know put put my my nice on and then these days uh you know a big part of that was g- getting the studio originally was getting out of my, my office and getting not just networking with people but having a space that was separated from my living space because it's important. Oh, I, I wish I, I had that. I devolved oh. at the last studio towards the end because I started sleeping there because I had li- I was living in Aptos and it was easier to you know it's a forty mile drive every right. night and yeah. you're like yeah I just sleep here three four nights a week and you 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 realize a couple of months in Jesus I'm not showering as often as I should be and I'm not going home as often as I should be and I'm not doing much work and I'm just moping around depressed the studio so I could have gone home last night anyway you know. All this sort of stuff that now you know having some sort of a separation or, or doing something to separate it. So in this case, you know, at least dressing up nicely to go to your own home office, a couple doors down from your bedroom, you know, going through the routine in the morning is a is a piece of that. You know, yeah. if you have a space to go to, that's fantastic. But if you if you if you can't make it, make yeah. make your that's own. That's a good strategy, I think, for freelancers yeah. who work from home. Get out, take that walk. You know, go on your commute and then come back to your house. You know, yeah. Just put, see, people talk nice about put going. yourself in that mental mindset because you know it's if if you don't if you don't make that kind of uh, mental changeover between you know then it's really easy to get distracted and next thing you know you're folding clothes when you're supposed to be cutting (laughs) totally you know yeah. Absolutely, and then the client's like, "Hey, um, I thought I was going to get a revision by three o'clock." Like, and it's like, ah, you got to come up with some weird excuse for why it didn't happen, which I have done many, 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 many times. <laughs> which is not not a good look. And you get yeah, yeah you get used to it, and, and then it's oh god, I, I shouldn't be used to doing something like this. No, it should be right. the unnorm. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're used to making excuses or saying, "Oh, I'm sorry," yeah, you know, that tells you there's something wrong with your work practice. Yeah, you know, and you know, I'm I'm not 
the most diligent or best about it. I used to be much better when I was younger. I, you know, mm. I used to be a machine. Kind but, of like the opposite. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just slowly getting better as time goes by. <laughs> but, you know, um, again, back to the whole thing, you want to be a solution for your yeah. clients. You don't want to be a problem because when they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I love what that guy does, but, God, it's such a pain in the ass. You know, you got to pester him. Or it's annoying. Yeah. Or uh, It's like there, there's a really good friend of mine back in New York, and it's like, you know, that he's, like, always late with projects, you know. And it's because he's like, oh, but I could make it, well, if I took this much time, I could make it this much better. It's because he wants to do a better job. He thinks he can, you know, he's, Oof, like, always wants to put in that extra bit. But, you know, I had to tell him, he's like, look, if you're late, the client it doesn't, doesn't care. Yeah. You're late. That's all they're going to remember. They're not going to think about like, oh, this looks amazing, but it was late. Yeah. Well, I and mean, that's you know the, the testing, you know, and, and getting projects in on time in high school and whatnot was, uh, you know, the, the reason they were so mad that you were late, not because it was important to them, but because they were trying to teach you this, this this sense of look, when you get out in the real world in real jobs, late often means no. It means we didn't get the bid. It means we didn't get the job. It means we didn't get the we didn't finish the project. We you know we don't get paid, etc. Yeah. You know, late video, uh, especially something that has to be produced on say a weekly basis, like some of these flower videos that we do that are due every Wednesday. Period, because that's when they launch. And if it's done Thursday morning at seven a.m., it doesn't really matter. It launched yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're dealing with someone else's timetable. You're, you know, again, you're in their house. You know, you have to respect their rules. What if your Super Bowl ad is one day late for the Super Bowl? <laughs> it's not really a Super Bowl ad, is it? Funny how that works. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think we're we're getting close to to wrap up here. Yeah, don't uh, want to run late on your time. <laughs> listening to this, yeah, my keeping time. it to yeah. the. The hour. I, I, there, I, I'm like trying not to say. I, there was one other thing I wanted to say about like the dressing up and you know dressing for success and that <laughs> you know when I, I was one of my first jobs out of college was working at a, at a large agency and and the level of expectation for how you dress was very high and it was one of the things that sort of just like changed me right out of the gate and I think has had a positive effect since. Set the tone. Yeah, I think what I also realized was that. Professional women have so much more to go through than than men do on, on an average oh my basis. God. I and have to trim oh. my hair once a week and right. my beard once every three days. It's yeah. like I, I realize <laughs> I could put in half of the effort, you know, that yeah, that exactly. what most women do, and and still, you know, look, and, look fantastic and, and catch people's attention. And, you know? yeah. and it's expected of them, right. absolutely. You know, yeah. which you know, so it's like, so we could gentlemen, maybe, yeah, yeah, raise step our step your, step your game, game, gentlemen, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you if you just meet them halfway, meet yeah. the ladies halfway. Yeah, put on a nice pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> not that shoes. hard. And this is I had to teach myself that you know I've been at work all day in like I said in kind of my nicer clothes, and I've been letting the interns do the physical work. And on top of that, wearing my nice Steve Madden's, I'm not kicking stuff. I've had to learn to no no no. I know you're wearing shoes. It doesn't mean you can use them like any shoe that you own. <laughs> <laughs> True. So. That being said, uh, thank you, Jason, so much for yeah, joining thank us. You, Jason. Thanks for really good stuff. It's and a pleasure. Uh, yeah, uh, good luck with uh, with the juggling of 
kids and freelancing. <laughs> Sounds like a pro at it by now. Thank you, audience, for joining us. We'll see you again uh, soon. See you next time. Bye.